0: The sermon text for this morning is Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11, and uh, verse 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
1: All right. Good morning. Good to see y'all here this morning. My name's Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. If you're new or you uh, forgot about me because I wasn't here last week, uh, first of all, it's messed up. And um, oh, yeah, it's really good to be back. It was weird. Um, that was only, I think, the second Sunday I've ever missed since being here, since we launched. So it was, it's just good to be back here. This is uh, our home and we love it i love to be here with you all, and uh, yeah, you guys are our church family. Also, again, if you're new or somehow you forgot, just by uh, way of introduction, I have a speech impediment, so just want to give you a, a, a heads up on that so you're not trying to figure it out, um, you know, as, as we go. And um, yeah, there are a few things going on, I and mean, I just want to acknowledge the gray weather is so nice, I think. I don't know if you're weird and you love you know, uh, heat exhaustion Then, sorry for this morning, but I just, it's been so nice. And also, I saw a uh, We Own or Wildcats Own Omaha shirt in here this morning, so just to give a little shout out. And uh, wow, we're gonna applaud that, that's cool. Um, if some of you were resistant to clapping during like worship, but you're just cheering for that, we should talk. And I'm a diehard Wildcat. But, um, but I will tell you, because someone said the other day they were shocked. They said, wait, U of A is playing baseball right now? I didn't even know that. So we say we exist for Jesus' glory and the good of our city, and a massive part of our city is the U of A, and the fact that we're one of two teams left standing in the college uh, baseball college World Series. So that starts tomorrow. So just, again, little little loving discipleship of you there. Um, And if you don't even know that we have a baseball team or you don't even know what baseball is, um, we can talk, Okay. Uh, I'd love to educate you on that. But again, really excited for that, but um something else before we get into it. That stuff was just kind of aside. But really exciting stuff is um, there's a thank you like display. I was going to call it a thank you card. In fact, I was going to have it up here to show you. But um, a couple of girls that um, we love and and got to support going to a church camp, going to a summer camp with the rest of the Redemption congregations, um, uh, we got to be a part of sending them to camp. And uh, they just got back from that. And there's like a thank you card or, again, a thank you display. It's like a little... Poster out there. It's a, it's a bright green poster board. I'd encourage you to stop by and look at that because um, I just want to let you guys know that if you call Redemption Church your home and you faithfully give and support um, others in, in your tithes and offerings, we, we are gospel-centered and outward focused, and we get to do a lot um, with that. And some of you guys don't even know um, how your support, how your Tithes are used to advance the kingdom of God um, all throughout, and there are a number of people that are gone and throughout the summer. As our numbers kind of go down, some of that is because people escape the heat, but also because a lot of people go throughout the world. We have people in East Asia. Some are here who are going to be there for an entire year, um, and, and we just want to acknowledge what God's doing and what we get to be a part of—a small part of of what He's doing all over the place. And so, um, specifically, these two young gals. Um, Their mom, or sorry, their grandmother, Peggy um, Candler, is a part of our congregation. We know and love her. Some of you guys know her very well. And her daughter, Wesley Evans, was a part of our church. And then we got to be a part of sending her to go be a part of Redemption Church Alhambra up in the Phoenix area. And um, her, her, we just know and love her. She's a single mom, really, really pouring into her young kids. And since we don't have a youth ministry like junior high, high school aides per se yet, though that's coming, and we're we're moving in that direction, we celebrate and know that's a, that's an incredibly important time of life. And so the fact that we got to be a part of helping to send these two young uh, junior high and high school girls to go and be a part of this uh, redemption camp is just massive, and and we're blessed by that. So again, I encourage you to look at that and be encouraged by how God's using your tithes and offerings or our tithes and offerings to uh, carry on his work. Amen. So it's a, it's a good thing, um, and I want to I want to give more updates like that as we go along because uh, uh, we're 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 getting to be a part of God doing some some great things that some of us don't even know about. Um, so with that, is we're going to transition now get into our sermon in Psalm 19 this morning. Um, I'm really excited about it, and um, so go ahead and turn with me there if you have your. Bible, or an app, or something like that, turn with me to Psalm 19, and um, if you don't have a Bible with you, go ahead and hold your hand up high, and somebody will get you a Bible. si quieres la Biblia en español, solamente levante su mano y diga español. We want to make sure everyone has a Bible in their own language, and um, if you don't own a Bible, keep this, okay? It's our gift to you. Now, let me just say, too, kind of again, as an aside, if you do have a Bible, or if one day you held your hand up and we gave you a Bible, I encourage you to bring that Bible, okay? We, we want to give you a Bible. We want you to be able to follow along, but we, we don't want to enable, like, not being Bible-carrying bible carrying people, right? That doesn't mean you like carry it around and smack people with it or anything like that. But when you come to church, it's a good place to have your Bible with you and to underline stuff, take notes, to follow along in the text as we go, okay? So uh, that's again a little loving shepherding hand slap um, for all of us there. And um, uh, with that, um, let me just give you a heads up on where we're headed this morning. Because we're here to talk about God, even some of the songs that we sang about Almighty God revealing himself. To his people, And it's this, that God reveals himself and he calls us to respond to him. And so how we'll see this walking through this morning is we'll see this, that God reveals himself through his creation. And then that God reveals himself more specifically through his word. And then specifically from there, God reveals himself to his people. And he calls us to respond to him. And so I'm expecting that as we come before God in his holy word this morning, that we will see him clearly as he reveals himself to us, and then that we will respond in faith and in worship as he calls us to himself. Okay, so with that, let me go ahead and pray, and we'll get into our time in his word together, Psalm 19. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time we have to be together. Lord, again, thank you even for the gray outside. Um, thank you for the time to, uh, to get a, somewhat of a break from the heat. Um, well, Lord, more specifically, thank you for bringing us here this morning to hear from you. or to be shaped by you and by your word and by how you reveal yourself to us. Lord, I don't know where everyone is at this morning, but I know there are some here who, who don't know you, who would say, I'm not a Christian or I don't know that I've seen God. I don't know that God has revealed himself to me. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself. Lord, we're told that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. And so we trust that you will reveal yourself through our time in your scripture, your word, this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, when was the last time you were like in awe of nature? Okay, you were out in perhaps out camping, maybe you were out in San Diego, that's where I'm from, you saw an incredible sunset, or or, or you were up on the mountains, you were camping, um, wherever it might be, in my opinion, Tucson, and just the... the, the De- desert in general is some of the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets. Some of you guys don't even know what a sunrise is some of you younger folks it happens like before ten o'clock in the morning and sun comes up and it's neat and but but um but the sunrise and the sunset is beautiful here. The animals are out you know hopping around and different things and you can just see colors and and, and it's incredible and, and so imagine like wherever whatever it is for you whatever kind of Kind of, kind of grabs your attention, and you're, you're going on day to day, you're doing your work, whatever it might be, and something just kind of captivates you, like, wow, look at that, you know, again, whatever it might be, think, think the last time that you were there, because that'll, that'll help put us in the, in the context of the author of this psalm, because David, King David, is referred to as a warrior king. Like he was a man's man. He he led upwards of a m- of a million warriors into battle. He he fought. He he was tough. He he um he 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 fought off a lion and a bear one time. He was um and before all this stuff, he was a shepherd. He was the youngest boy in his whole family. He was the youngest brother so he was kind of relegated to like looking after the sheep and again sometimes in that moment he 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 wrote up songs and he was a philosopher he was a songwriter he he would think about these things he would think about the nuances of whether or not God was there and 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 why would God let him be in this place and he would ask some of the hard questions in life and he would he would think deeply and again sometimes his work had him really really doing some intense stuff he had to fu- fight off animals, like I said. He would think about, man, why don't I get to be with my older brothers doing what they're doing? He would think about these things, and we see that stuff reflected in the Psalms, and sometimes he would be forced to question, God, are you, are you there? And sometimes, in fact, countless times, he'd be sitting back. All the sheep were okay and were t- taken care of, and he'd just sit back and look at the splendor of God's creation. Like, imagine... This is before electricity. He's out in the middle of nowhere with his sheep and just looking up at the stars. I mean, he probably felt like he could grab the Milky Way. Some of you, if you've never seen the Milky Way, um, and I know if you grew up under the city lights, you might not be able to, but you go somewhere distant, even up to Oracle. Some of our friends here live out in Oracle, and we got to go there, and I hadn't seen the Milky Way in a long time, and I just remembered like, oh, yeah, you can see the, the edge of the galaxy just stretching across the sky and, and, it, and it just stops you and it captivates you. And so that's what that kind of thing is what's fueling this author David, this warrior, this man's man, this philosopher who, who asks these hard questions of life. God, who are you? God, will you reveal yourself to me? God, what does it mean to follow you? What does it mean to be your person? And, that, and, and then he's looking up at God's glorious splendor in the universe, and that's what fuels what he writes. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their measuring line goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. He's just, he's just sitting there, and he's, he's thinking about it. again. He's, he's remembering what he's experienced in looking at the vastness of God's creation. God reveals Himself through His creation. Everyone, the entire uh, uh, sp- the entire span of humanity, no one is without uh, the, the scope of looking up and seeing how small we are and how great of a world we live in. And, and sometimes, I'll admit, okay, I know that some of you might be here and you might be, be saying, you know, I, I don't recognize that that's God, I don't call that creation, I don't think that that's, you know, there's some God out there that created this, it is great, it is magnificent, it is, you know, it is full of splendor, but that doesn't really lead me to, to worship, and, and, that's, and that's true, Okay, for, for, for some, and in, in, in fact, we're going to get into that. But, 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 but again, just stop, Where, wherever you are, whomever you are, and acknowledge the greatness and the vastness of the world around us. Because David says, and he sits here and he says, I, I can recognize nothing more than the fact that God is revealing himself through his creation. And again, how you respond to that and what you make of that is, is up to you. But, 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 but let me submit to you, that God is indeed revealing himself. Okay, maybe you've never acknowledged that, maybe you've never heard that, but he's showing himself to you, to all of humanity. In fact, um, two authors who I love um, and have learned a lot from, Timothy and his wife, Kathy Keller, wrote an incredibly helpful, um, like a a, a Bible study or daily devotional through the Psalms, and I just want to commend that to you, okay? If you guys rem- remember, we've talked about this. I've encouraged as we spend this whole time in the Psalms all throughout the summer, I've encouraged you know, read the Psalms, dive into them. If you don't know where to start with God and you're saying, God, who are you? Who am I? What does it mean to follow you? Read the Psalms. Start in Psalm 1 and read all the way through to Psalm 150. And and if you, if you do um, believe in God and you've put your faith in Jesus and you don't know how to pray and how to relate with God or you're trying to grow in that area, pray through the Psalms. And one really helpful Cool. is this daily devotional by Tim and Kathy Keller. It's called The Songs of Jesus. And it's really helpful. And they just walk through the Psalms and they're, and they're short little nuggets about how we, how we relate to God. And so during their devotional to this one, to Psalm 19, this is what they say. Nature speaks out to all. Without audible words, it is nonverbal communication that there is a God, that the world is is not an accidental collection of molecules, but the meaningful work of an artist's hand. We should be reverent before our environment. It also means that all people know, at some level, about God, truth, meaning, wisdom, and beauty, even if they suppress that knowledge. I love that line up earlier. It is nonverbal communication that there is a God. Okay, think with that non-verbal communication, right? That sounds like an oxymoron, or like it doesn't really work together, like it's a paradox. But, but no, non-verbal communication, right? Whether it be the the, the affectionate glance of a lover across the room, or the or the threatening look of a potential enemy, right? Or, right, somebody mean mugs you. That's all it takes, right? They don't even have to use their words or open their mouth. You know, like, it's about to go down. Or they you know, somebody's challenging me right now. And, right, nonverbal communication speaks volumes. And in that same way here, God reveals himself nonverbally through his creation. And we can see that. We can see that God is, is big and great and powerful and yet we're told in Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, don't, don't uh, turn there, you don't have to turn there with me, but I just want to refer to it because we're told there that God reveals himself in such a way that no one is without excuse. Okay, what that means is that, is that everyone, every human being, can't sit back and say, well, God's never shown himself to me. No, what we're told is that God does reveal himself generally. Okay, the- Theologians call this, call this general revelation. God makes himself known to all people through his creation. And yet, some were told to suppress that truth and say, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that's God. I want to go and worship something else. But, but the fact is that God has revealed himself and is revealing himself to all people through his creation. But something more is needed, right? Like, again, perhaps you're here and you're, and you're frustrated by that. Okay, that, 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 that doesn't mean, what I'm saying is this, that doesn't mean that, that God reveals himself through creation, that you sit back like David or, or whomever you are and you're out and you're looking and you say, wow, that sunset is beautiful. I should probably put my faith in God but I don't know how to so he probably needs to send his son Jesus to live a perfect life and die on the cross and raise from the dead and then call me to put my faith in him I should probably do that because I saw a beautiful sunset or a cactus or whatever it is that leads you to that right? that's, that's not how it works God has revealed himself through his creation but, but something's more is needed God, God needs to reveal himself in a special way he reveals himself through his word Pick up with me in verse seven. As this author, David, writes, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The the law of the Lord is perfect. How many of you like delight when you hear the word law? Like, what comes to mind for you? Some of you guys are like, run. Right, The law's here, like, run. Law doesn't sound very comforting to me. And even if, if that's not your reaction, you think, man, law sounds like rules, and rules aren't fun. Right? Law sounds smothering. Some of you on the other extreme are like, yes, laws, finally, I get to, just just tell me what to do. I, I want to do it. I want to obey all the rules. I get, I had, the, I broke the record in my fourth grade class for gold stars. So I'm looking for God's gold star list. And that's a whole nother issue if that's you, okay? This is not what law is referring to. Law isn't all the stuff that you can do to obey. And then others on the other extreme are like, are like ah, freedom. I want freedom. Laws are smothering. Just give me freedom and you're the, like, free spirit spirited type, and and that's another distortion. One author calls these, he says, licentiousness and legalism are two um, equally dangerous thieves of the gospel. Okay, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. And so either of those distortions is, 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 is a broken understanding of God because this word law, when it's used here, it means all the counsel of God. It means the word of God that was available to David at this time which was the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, referred to as the Torah, And and the law is not just all the do's and don'ts and all that. The law is the full counsel of God, the word that he's given to his people. Again, not yet complete at this time, um, but but, but it means all the stories, all the God revealing himself, God saying who he is, God saying what it means to follow him. And David says, man, that's perfect. It revives the soul. But here's the deal. That's not our natural response. Right? Like, God's rules, God's law, even the Bible, is not naturally, like, oh, joyful, let me, let me, let me get some more of that. Right? Like, right on, verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever like, clean, like, dude, those shoes are clean, right? This stuff is relevant, God's word. No, that's not what it's referring to. It's not like, and, and it's not like that's, that's clean, like, that's, that's cool, that's nice. What it's saying is that, man, like, two of you in here even got that. Pray for our diversity as a church, okay? We, we're praying for that. Um, clean, though, here means, like, ceremonially um, right, right? Like, able to come rightly before God and to relate with God and to know him and to, and to have relationship with him. So, so clean, this is, this is touching on our natural state, okay? that apart from God's intervention, we're, we're, we're dirty, we're, we're defiled, we're broken, we're far off. And yet this is saying, God, your, your works, your word, most specifically, is clean. It, it's, it, it, it washes and cleanses and restores, and it endures forever. And then it goes on, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then he just gets crazy here in verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Sweeter than gold. Better, more valuable than much fine gold, sweeter than honey, like that—that that seems crazy to us, right? And it's because of this. It's because our, again, our natural disposition toward God is to be offended and appalled by His oversight and His rulership, and by a relationship of dependence with Him. It's by what the Bible um, refers to or lays out as the fall. That we fell away from the Lord, or a more appropriate understanding is the rebellion. Okay, that God created us in the beginning and said, Let us make man in our image. So that our identity and our purpose would be right and good and true and beautiful. And that God designed us to live freely. Okay, again, that one thief of the gospel, thief of the good news of Jesus is that we think free is just to do whatever I want, to go and do my own thing, just to get out and get crazy and I have no no restrictions and nothing else and, and and I can do whatever I want. But that's not freedom, okay? That's a distortion of freedom. God said, I know what's right. I created all these things. I made everything and I made you to reflect me and I designed how you're to relate with me how you are to relate with one another what life is, mo- is supposed to look like in order for my people to thrive and to run and live freely as my people independent relationship upon god and yet we said no no thanks we rebelled the the created were offended by the creator and we said, I want to I, I I take everything that you've created, I want to make it my own. I want to do my own thing with it. And that's rebellion, and that's brokenness. And, and in the very beginning, when sin entered into the world, and let me just c- clarify, if sin's one of those churchy words, right, that we don't understand what it means, very simply put, sin is not God. Okay, sin is saying, thanks but no thanks God, I want to do it my way. And that shows up in all kinds of different ways. But again, sin is a distortion of what God has given and created and saying, no thanks God, I want to get you out of the equation, I want to do it my way. And it it shows up in all kinds of different ways, in our sexuality, in our exploits, in our finances, in how we spend our time, in in everything that we do. Sin enters in, and it comes back to us coming back to this place of hearing this and saying, I I don't delight in God's word. I don't delight in the rule and reign of God. In fact, I'm offended by him. And right when that happened, when Adam and Eve said, no thanks, God, and and they sinned, They, they chose not God, their eyes were opened, and shame entered into the world. For the first time they looked at one another, anxiety, insecurity came in. They knew that they were naked, and they hid from one another. And then they hid from God. And God said, Adam, where are you? Right? He knew where Adam was. He could find him. It wasn't like you know hide-and-seek. But Adam's hiding, and God says, where are you? And Adam said, oh, I I heard your your footsteps that should delight the heart, that should say, oh, my my creator, the one who knit me together in my mother's womb, the one who formed me, the one who knows what's best for me, the one who has given me um, loving, healthy boundaries for how I'm to live this life, now incites fear and, and questioning and a lack of delight. And Adam hid, And many of us are hiding from God. We're either offended or ashamed or afraid. And and we've chosen not God. And that's left us in this place of vulnerable brokenness. Asking the questions that many of us are asking here. All of us are asking in some way. God, where are you? God, will you show yourself to me? God, do you care about me? God, are you powerful? Are you powerless? Are you more like Santa Claus? Or are you more like one of the Greek God's who rules with an iron fist and is to be feared and not loved. Who, who are you? Where are you? What are you? And yet God doesn't leave us there. In the story of Scripture, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, God promised that he wouldn't leave us there. God said, I'm not going to leave you there in that broken state, hiding from me Running away from me, the, the, the distorted state of not God of sin that we found ourselves in. God says, "I'm going to make new what has been broken." God makes a promise in Genesis three, then another one in Genesis 12. He, he focuses in on one man, Adam, or I'm sorry, Abraham, and he says, "Through you, one is going to be lifted up, who's going to bless the entire world."? Okay? And, then, and, then, and then that's called a covenant. God is establishing an intimate relationship with His people through faith, through trust, through dependence, through surrender. And then he reveals himself more clearly to Moses, one man who's meant to be the ambassador or the representative to the rest of God's people. And God says, I'm establishing my covenant. I'm continuing to reveal my covenant with you to these people. And God gives his name, Yahweh. Yahweh. A name that that should incite joy and delight. It's a restoration of God that we've hidden ourselves from, God that we've been offended by, God that we've rebelled against. And God says, no, 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 I, I am who I am. And we say, who are you, God? Where are you? Reveal yourself. And God says, I'm revealing myself. I was and am and will always be. I'm the creator of all things. And what you've seen generally through my creation, through the universe, through the ocean, through the sunsets, through whatever it might be, I'm revealing myself now more specifically through my word, Yahweh. And that intimate name, that covenant name of God, shows up more than six times here in this short psalm. Anytime that you see Lord with um, capitals, that's what it is, this name of God. Okay, as you look at your, your Bible, and perhaps I, I, I circled them in mine, and all those things, it began where when Jake came up here and he read the scripture, and, and he said, the law of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Again, remember, just quick kind of aside from last week to kind of catch us up, whenever Lord is spelled like that, it's it's that covenant name of God, Yahweh. And honestly, we should use that. We should go back to that, because then we see Lord capital L, and then lowercase O-R-D, and that's more meaning like ruler and authority. That's why, like we saw a few weeks ago, that, 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 that sometimes you'll see, O oh Lord, Yahweh, our Lord. So it's like this, O oh Yahweh, I am that I am, the ruler of the heavens and the earth, the, the all-powerful one who's created us to know him and depend on him, who's also our intimate and and continually and continual overseer and ruler. Okay, are you kind of track with me? Give me an amen for there. That, that's meant to incite uh, worship and dependence. And then one author, let me read to you. This is actually a, a seminary professor I've had from... Covenant Theological Seminary, um, Mike Williams, um, gives this incredibly helpful quote where he, um, he, he kind of explains what's going on here, and he explains the, 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 the tear that we have between en- worshiping anything else and worshiping Yahweh, the true God of the Bible, the true God of history. And, and so this is what he writes to kind of give us some understanding of this context. He says this, existence is not the issue. Again, I, I, it's, I struggle to, to believe that at our deepest spots, we're asking, God, I don't really even think you're there. God, I don't think there is a God. Right? Atheism, perhaps, and I think people can work themselves into that place. But I think in some place, more agnosticism. I don't know who God is. I don't know what, so I'm going to create another God. And this is a whole other conversation, but we all worship something. We all worship idols. We all worship a God of some kind. What that means is we all orient our lives around something, right? whatever it might be. And some of you might be offended by that, but that's your God. And, 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 And let's just continue to read, and I'll hit on that some more. Existence is not the issue. Of course the gods exist. Man makes them. He can hold his idol in his hand. The issue is action, person, character. The false god of the idol maker is blind. It sees nothing. It does nothing, for it is made of wood. It can speak no word that man does not first give it. It is an impotent, dead thing. Dang, those are fighting words. It's an impotent, dead thing. And you guys, and you, we might look here and be like, yeah, we don't have little carved images on our shelves. We don't have little idols, right? We're not idol worshipers. We don't carve things out of wood, but maybe out of plastic or glass or, you know, p- paper with dead presidents' faces on them. You know, we, 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 we choose gods all over the place, but we're more sophisticated today. We don't call them gods, but we still worship idols. We still replace the true God who's revealing himself to us with all kinds of other things. Right? And my hope and my, 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 what I challenge you with is will you humble yourself and acknowledge that that's reality. Every one of us orients our life around something, our reputation, our, our portfolio, Our our image, our finances, our relationships, our status, whatever it might be. Our our work, our kids. We all center, we all orient ourselves around something. And that's what is an idol. That's a false god. So again, I think we all believe in and worship God of some kind. It's just which one? Is it one that you can make and fashion and form or other people can make and fashion and form and you center your lives around? Or is it Yahweh? The God who's revealed himself through his creation and who has specifically revealed himself through his word and specifically revealed himself by saying who he is, giving his name and his character. And Mike Williams continues, Yahweh is no such man-made, lifeless God. He's not the thing made. Yahweh is the maker of all. What sets Yahweh off from the idols is the fact that he is the sovereign one. That means all-powerful all-knowing, all-good, the one who comes to us, not the one who comes from us. Has God revealed to you that he is the one that comes to you rather than the one that comes from you? Whatever else you might be worshiping comes from you. And it will always fail you. It will always disappoint you. It doesn't have your back But the God who comes to you, the God who's revealing himself to you through his creation and through his word has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he's calling you to follow him and to put your trust in him. And so the action that I want to ask us to consider right now in this part as God reveals himself to us through his word is first... Again, for those of you who are here and and would not call yourselves Christians, for those of you who are here and have said, I don't know that God's ever revealed himself to me, he he is right now. He is through his word. And so the question is, how will you respond to him? Will you acknowledge at least right now that, 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 that he is different, that he's a God who's coming to you rather than anything else that is a God that could only come from you? And for those of you who are here this morning and would say, yeah, I am a Christian, I have, you know, I have put my faith in Jesus, but I'll acknowledge that I don't see his word as more precious than gold or more sweet than honey. And I get it, all right, I get it. I'm there with you often. But, but will you and I at least acknowledge right now that, that when we fail to delight in God's word and God revealing himself to us through his word, it's because we misunderstand God and his character in some way? That, that, that's what holds us up. It's not because God has his, his, his hidden himself. It's not because he's not more precious than gold and more sweet than honey. It's because we've misunderstood him. And his invitation is come. Come and see me. Come and find me. Come and look at my word. I'm revealing myself to you more specifically. And then we see that God doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, here's the Bible, good luck. But God continues to reveal himself to his people by calling us to respond to him. As we pick up right now in, uh, in verse 12. No, I'm, yeah, in, in verse 11 actually. The, the psalmist continues on. He says, Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And then he goes on in verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Now, let's back up there to verse 11. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. So, we might be tempted, in fact, I think we are tempted, to read this and say, God's revealed himself through his creation. God's revealed himself and is revealing himself through his word. And then we read verse 11 and we arrogantly say, Okay, so keep them, keep God's rules, and I'll be rewarded. Okay, cool. That's what I get out of church. Go and do better and try harder. Get more gold stars and God will be happier with me and I'll get my reward. But, but that's, not, that's not consistent. That's not where this author David stops. He knows that in God's revealing himself, in God calling his people to respond to him, that we need to recognize our own inability to be right with him on our own that, that, that we, can't, we can't try harder and do better, that we can't obey his laws. And so he continues on as he reads these things and he shows that, that there's, there's no way for us to be made right. In fact, David, this author, continues and he says some things. He says, um, keep me back from presumptuous sins, in verse 13. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. And yet here's the deal, and, and David acknowledges this. Okay, he knows that it's going to take an intervention of God in some way for him to be made right with him. It's going it's to take an intervention of God. He knows that God is gracious, but he doesn't know how. Because here's the deal. Again, th- let me ask you to be honest. Okay? Be intellectually and emotionally honest right now. Does sin rule over you? Does sin have dominion over you? Apart from God's intervention, I think the answer is an emphatic yes for all of us. In the New Testament, the author Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. But the stuff that I really, really, really don't want to do, that's the stuff I do. Does that strike a chord right now with you? Is that that the life that you have continued to live? Or again, maybe you're still blinded. Maybe you're still saying, I'm a good person. I don't really need God's intervention. I mean, the only thing I could say is, man, I I pray that God would break you. (laughs) Okay, I say that in as loving a way as I can, but I pray that God would open your eyes to the reality that probably your spouse and your coworkers and your friends and your neighbors already know. See, you're not perfect. And it's that you can't be right, that you can't live as God has designed you to live in and of your own efforts, in and of yourself. You can't do it. And so, so so David didn't know. David didn't know how God would how God would enable him to respond to him, how God would enable him to be right, how God would enable him to be freed from the dominion, the authority that sin has over us, that those unquenchable desires that we don't want to do, that we can't help but give into, the only hope we should have, this whole section is pregnant, is bursting with the good news of Jesus. Look with me further. Who can discern his errors, declare me innocent from hidden faults? Who's the only one who would be able to stand rightly before God, the creator of all things, before the the righteous and just judge, and be declared not guilty? It's Jesus, God the Son, who came and was without sin. And who was the only one who could, who could, who could um, not have sin, have dominion over them? As verse 13 says, keep me from presumptuous sins. Jesus, the only one who would be blameless and spotless, who would enter into your and my broken state, into our hopeless world and our hopeless state, that sin has come in and, and could, could live a perfect life, the life that you and I were created to live but unable to do. Jesus, who would stand before God the Father, offering himself as a sacrifice on the cross, victoriously redeeming, winning back, defeating sin in every way. The the one who created all things, the one who's revealed himself through the glory of creation, the one through whom and for whom all things were made, Jesus would enter into his own creation The one who would reveal himself through the word that in John chapter 1 we're told um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word came and dwelt among us and and we beheld him in his glory in grace and truth. That's Jesus. God revealing himself through his creation. God revealing himself through his word and then God revealing himself most clearly by coming. Jesus. Jesus. And that the only hope that the author of this psalm and the only hope that you and I would have to be one of God's, to be restored in our relationship and our identity and our purpose, that God would say, I will be your God and you will be my people, the only way for that to happen is by God coming and taking on flesh and then gathering a people to call his own. And that's the person and work of Jesus. And the question is, how do you and I respond And down in verse 14, this incredibly beautiful and packed verse, it says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That word redeemer, right? You're at redemption church. That word is related. That word redeemer is the one who redeems, the one through whom redemption comes, right? Redemption means emancipation, freedom. What has been broken is now being made new. And so the emancipation, that is redemption, that is being bought back from slavery, comes through the redeemer, the emancipator, the one who who frees from slavery, the rock, the foundation. That's Jesus Will you respond to him? Will you put your faith in him? The good news of Jesus, the gospel, as has been said, is not the ABCs of Christianity. It's not like, oh yeah, I prayed that prayer once and now I'm good. No, it's this is the foundation. This is the rock upon which everything else in my life is gonna be built. Everything that I see, everything that I'm, that I'm called to be, everything that I hear in church that a good Christian does, all that stuff comes back to the undeserved favor of God intervening, revealing himself to you in the most clear way on the cross, saying, I've died for you, I love you, I'm calling you, now come and follow me, now come and build your life upon me, or more clearly, maybe think of the hub of a wheel okay? It's like the hub of a wheel and spokes are going out from it. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the, the rock and redeemer of our lives and our salvation, if that were taken out, if, the, if, if God's revelation and God's work through Jesus, if the death and resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, if you ever take that out in any way, the, everything implodes on itself. You never get away from the good news of Jesus, amen? As I close, let me share with you really, really practically how God has used this in my own life. Um, some of you guys have heard me. Sometimes when I when I pray, I'll, I'll say this. Um, many, many years ago when I was a student here at the U of A and my wife and I were going to college on the northwest side of town at a church called Catalina Foothills Church. It's where we went. And um, the the lead pastor there, a southern guy from Pastor Mark from Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, used to say all the time, he would say this. He would say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He'd say it all the time, and I'd hear that southern twang. And and then another pastor that I've listened to on the East Coast, Eric Mason, who I love and have grown from, in a very different accent than that Mississippi one, but he'll also say this same thing constantly. Constantly. So I heard that, and I don't know what I did with it. I just hear it and kind of hang it on the shelf, and and sometimes God would remind me of it. I'd be working out, I'd be doing what I not that work out a whole ton, but I'd be hearing that and I would just think, okay, like, and I didn't know, like, right? I just heard that. It's something I didn't even know where it was in the Bible. And yet, one moment shortly after my um, shortly after my 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 triplets were born, okay? Some of you guys don't know that I have um, almost nine-year-old triplets and yes life was insane when we first had them and it was crazy and my wife and I barely even saw each other some of you have asked well how was that and I'm like I don't know I don't I blocked that out of my memory <laughs> it was crazy and um it, it honestly was that first six months was the hardest time in our lives I mean we didn't sleep you could look at pictures of us before and after and you could tell the difference it's it's crazy and so during that time, I was going to, I lived in Northern California, and I was going to take a group of college students, I worked with a college ministry, I was going to take them sn- snowboarding, okay, there's this thing called snow that happens in cold climates, and you can snowboard down, it. it's like surfing, and um, so I was at a snowboard shop and I was going to take these students and I'm tired. My wife and I, you know, it was like by God's grace, we were connecting. Nothing crazy was happening, but I was exhausted. I was in a really broken state. I was very v- v- vulnerable and uh, I was at this shop and next thing I know, this, this, this girl working is helping me and um, I, she's, just, she's flirty or I, it's just, I don't know if she was, but I felt like fl- Flirtation was in the air. Um, and, I, and I just was, 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 I was tempted. I was drawn to respond. You know, my wife and I had been distant by no you know, effort of our own, but just the struggles I was in, I was in a vulnerable place. And I remember in that moment, my heartbeat kind of started to pick up and I started to feel like I got affection or something from, from, a, from another woman and it felt really good and was, was enticing. And what do you think in that moment um, really preserved me? Was it all the tools and methods and all, the, all these good things that I could kind of reach back on and, and, and bring in and, and kind of strong-arm myself through that moment? No, it was God who had revealed Himself through His Word. In that moment, the Holy Spirit brought to mind, let the words of my mouth and the meditation, the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in Your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. And by God's grace, I was able in that moment, that just came like loudspeakers in my ears, in my heart, my conscience, and I kind of fumbled and stumbled through that. And It's like, okay, cool, here, thanks, you know, all right, and just kind of left. And I remember leaving and going, right, and telling my wife, and, and I was able to text some friends and, and just say, man, like, please be, you know, praying for me, and, and, and that, that reality is that the good news of Jesus, the, the rock and the redeemer of my salvation was my only hope in that moment. Okay, God, God revealing himself to you and to me through his creation, through his word, and through his son Jesus, and calling us to respond to him is very practical, is very powerful. It's meant to, to, to be an ongoing, continual, um, hope-giving, foundation-laying um, life of relationship and restoration but the God who loves you and has created you and is revealing himself to you. And so as we pray, I want to ask, how will you respond? God's revealed himself to you through his creation. Have you worshipped the creation rather than the creator? God has revealed himself through his word. Have you looked at it? Have you read it? Have you, have you come before him and, and, and delighted in his intimate r- r- revelation of himself through, through his word? I pray that we would be a church of the Bible. That's why we, we, we preach through books of the Bible. And then lastly, God's called you to respond. He's revealed himself to his people. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people. How will you, how will we respond? To God, will we say, God, we're your people? You are our rock, you are our redeemer. And you and you alone we have life and hope and purpose and identity and meaning. Let's pray. Lord, you are you're great and you're good. And Lord, you have shown yourself to us through your creation and through your word. Lord, I pray that now we would respond individually and corporately as a church, as a people. Lord, I don't know where everyone's at here this morning. I don't know where people are, but I trust that you're at work. I trust that you know where people are at. I know that there are some here this morning who have never put their faith in you, who have said, I don't know who God is. There might be a God somewhere, but I don't know if he's trustworthy. He's never revealed himself to me. Well, God, you have revealed yourself so clearly. And I pray that you would empower and call and draw all of us to respond in faith and in worship Lord, I pray that we would all respond with our words, with our praise, with our hearts, with our, with, in the time of taking communion, in our giving, in our celebration, in our coming and in our going, that we would all say, Lord, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of Jesus, amen.